0: There, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here as always with head of development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri?
1: Oh geez. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Let's crack a
0: Did you just like burst out of a cake or something?
1: I I just trashed my whole bookshelf and threw a bunch of books on the floor because wow. that's how excited I am about the show this week. Oh, you usually only oh, do wow. that when
0: I tell you that I don't like movies. Yep. <laughs>
1: Making Pretty a exception. table flip,
2: but right. more of a bookshelf.
1: I, I would destroy my MacBook if I table flipped, but I'll think about it.
0: Well, you, okay. you do it for the show. You need to commit. You know. Okay,
1: you're right. You're right. Maybe when the new one comes out next year, I'll have a reason.
0: <laughs> you just video that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm excited.
0: You're ex- we're all excited. <laughs> we're always excited, excited about this show. I, I think
2: you always say that. That is. Your I call. Am always. you like opening. Well, you know what (laughs) my call sign is being excited about
1: life (laughs) and living
2: life and just being, you know, Maddie Myers.
1: Let's see you trashing a bookcase. I don't see you trashing a bookcase every week. I don't have a bookcase next to me to trash. So (laughs) that's
2: on me for not bringing one into my room. I guess that's my fault.
0: You need to have a bookcase. so You can trash it. I mean, you know, you're not preparing for the show.
2: That's right. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not excited anymore. Okay. The wind has completely gone out of my sails now. I'll try to do better next
0: week. <laughs> we also have senior editor from iWord.com and host of the Vector Podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia?
3: It, it's every week is like a surprise and wait, just let me let me let me shake it.
0: Is that your box of chocolates?
3: That is I don't know what it is. It's a box. I'll I'll uh if I if I may, Brie writes to me yesterday and says to me, Georgia, do you trust me? <laughs> The 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 answer is always no. I'm like, um, I I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, yes. She's like, send me your address. And I'm like, "Uh, um, hmm. So, so I write, I didn't even add, like, probably just, you know, again, just being Canadian, I'm just like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll give you, Christmas course, I you my and I'm like, am I in trouble? And she's like, don't worry, you'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so here, here's this, there's a box sitting next, today arrived, which is amazing that I actually arrived on time, is a box that I have not opened From Brianna Wu. I don't know what it is. So we're going to open it on air, which could be probably one of my my second mistake in this entire (laughs) equation. Um, Have you called the Mounties
0: to be on on standby just in case?
3: Yes. 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 And I have, uh, you know, people in hazmat suits. I I have a whole bunch of seven references on Twitter, which
1: always made me feel more secure. Oh, that's good.
3: So, so yeah, I'm sitting here with my my box. Wait,
1: what were the two hints that I gave you today? Okay, Twitter. wait, wait. One oh, was Get on. a Helmet. Wait, can I read them? Can I read <laughs> yeah, them? Yeah,
3: please read them out. Okay,
1: so well, the number well, one. The do
0: you want to do
3: that though after? Just because Jessica. Yeah, we, we should we should introduce yeah. our guest. Sorry. We
0: have a guest. Yeah. And you're being very <laughs> rude to our guest. <laughs> yeah. So we have we are very happy to also have on the show today, writer for Polygon.com and host of the Idol Thumbs podcast, Danielle Riendo. Welcome to the show and thank you very much for coming on.
4: Hi, thank you, and thank you so much for pronouncing my last name right. I so appreciate that, and I think you might be the first person in history who, like, ever has.
0: Really? You know what? People do that to me all the time, too, and they they mangle my last name, so I'm very, (laughs) I'm, like, super cognizant of making sure I get people's last names right.
4: Oh, that's super nice. Well, you know, I I get people's names wrong all the time, too, so it's not like I'm immune to this. It's just, you know, I have my, my,
1: you know, little weird French last name, so it's always... It's always so great, you know? So I have a question for you, Danielle. So with you and Maddie and me here today on this podcast, do you think that it's possible we could unite to form Voltron? I hope so. I I really think that could happen on the show today.
2: Or do you think maybe – We lose a bunch of subscribers because people are just so overwhelmed by our power. Yeah, they're like, "Wow, women really are taking over." There's, there's
4: too many now. Right. There's two, three is definitely too many. We already
2: have three on the show, and now we have four. It's like,
4: whoa.
0: I'm feel I'm feeling very oppressed right now. Not of estrogen. You should. Well, you know, no
1: more so than usual, I guess. Yeah.
2: No, I what. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to know about this box. Okay,
1: so hint number one is what I sent you will be used in ritualized combat. <laughs> and hint number two <laughs> is that Canada is 35th uh, in the rank of world's fattest countries, and 61% of your population has a BMI of at least 25. So those are your two hints.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a really intense gift. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know this uh, is like the worst
0: see. episode of Jeopardy ever.
3: <laughs> what is a tightrope? Let's see it, uh, the Ship Girl Guide cookies. I don't think that <laughs> that's well. huge.
0: I don't think so. I will send you. I will send you Girl Scout cookies, but that's not it.
3: That's what my
1: guess was going to be. Actually, was Girl Scout cookies, but I know that it wasn't from Steve. So. We That's may not why. have time to to get to this this week. Why don't we just make Georgia wait to open the box next week oh. on next week's show? Are you, show.
3: <laughs> are oh, you I joking? I can't do that. No, All right,
1: I open wait. it up. Open it it's, up. Okay. Well, what it's are you waiting opening. for, for God's sake? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. God, I would have thought you following... would open this
0: up half an hour ago.
3: No, no, <laughs> I have to follow the rules. I like. I like. Uh, I like. Surprises. She's I want Canadian. To open it up with everyone here. <laughs> okay. She's not a
4: rebel <laughs> like we Americans.
3: Okay, I'm opening.
0: Oh, this is making for awesome awesome radio.
4: <laughs> Sorry. It does really sound like lung crackles when somebody has fluid in their lungs, like pneumonia yeah. like you had. No, that's just me. Know. Yeah, that's just me like
0: trying to breathe.
4: <gasps> that's just you breathing. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. What's <laughs> <going>? <laughs> oh my god, this is like radio drama. Yeah, what is Wait. it?
3: Wait! It is! Oh my god,
4: is it I poisonous?
3: It is a <laughs> squishable panda!
1: Yay! Like wow. No, like a giant, giant panda. Like, okay, so He's I'm gonna put it bigger than him. my head! Yeah. Is it bigger than your phone? <laughs> yes, barely. Barely. Wait, so I just dropped a picture into our chat. So, yeah, so this thing is huge. It's a giant, squeezable, squishable <laughs> this panda. This is a completely yeah.
2: different picture.
1: <laughs> oh, no. That's oh, no. still a
2: good picture, though. What is
1: it? What is it? Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is the pig? I didn't it's get it. A yet. Fr- it's a Frank with an octopus.
1: No, that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> that's what it is. So that's the Oh, that's so it's like the equivalent squishable- of this octopus, right. but, but a, it's a panda. panda. Right. So I just imagine that this
2: octopus that Frank is holding is a panda and <laughs> right. that Frank is Georgia. And it's right. exactly this
4: picture. I mean, it's it's like a head crab thing going on. Though, yeah, this exactly. Story. This
3: this photo of Frank is good. It's a good picture. It's a delightful I'm gonna, picture. I'm gonna send the picture. One sec, I'll I'll send it to the uh, live chat so everyone gets to see him. He's so cute.
1: I love him. So okay, but I have to explain have the ritualized was... combat part of it.
2: Yeah, I like how neither of your clues were applicable at all.
1: No, the panda is so obese. Like it is so. Like you have to. <laughs> You have to hear. He's a panda. It's okay for them to be squishy. Yeah, but not like this here. Yeah, uh... I think
4: I think pandas. That's their. Isn't their that deal. like their whole
2: deal? They just hang out and eat bamboo and just like. And
4: they pee standing up. Like they they like stand <laughs> on their hands to pee.
1: What? Yeah, that's the a girl. real thing. That's wow. That's kind of disturbing. I, I'm gonna trust
0: Danielle on this because she knows everything ever. So.
1: <laughs> I like. I, this I might panda. be. I'm pretty sure. I'll find out.
3: How do I... I have to I have to get all the rules from you about the combat after.
1: Okay, okay. So Frank and I have invented a game called Monster Mania with these. <laughs> so it's like ritualized combat with giant animals where you have to like sneak up on someone else with one of these and attack them with the monster and go like, Roar! At the same time. If you do that and catch them off guard and get it up to 10 then you win Monster Mania. So when you come to PAX East this year, you must bring the panda, and then at any time, Brianna could ambush you with a Monster Mania point. So I just want to let you know that's going to happen.
3: I can't
4: wait. That's quite a responsibility,
1: actually. Yeah, I know.
4: All right, so I'm pasting in the, the panda peeing link Right there. So I'm guest (laughs) 47563. Apparently, I'm not a rando. That's real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a rando riando. But are any of us not randos, really? Like, I'm
2: not a rando, I'm (laughs) riando.
4: Exactly. (laughs) Dad jokes. I got (laughs) them. I like I love dad jokes.
0: All right, should, should we actually talk about video games? We've talked, be cool. We've been doing this for like 10 minutes, and we should probably talk about video games at some point. No. I'm just saying. I, no. I don't know.
1: No, I, I just want nonsense forever.
0: Well, that's pretty much the show anyway. Okay, but. well. Okay, so just a couple of quick things before we get into Bree's agenda that she's lovingly curated. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but Steam did start a curation this week, so you can let us tell you what to buy on Steam, apparently, which if you want to do that and God help you, we do have a Steam group that you can join. Um, I'll put a link for it in the in the show notes. I'm throwing it in the live chat also. Uh, So if you want to sign up for that, I went through last night and took every game that we have talked about in the last 20 episodes uh, that's available on Steam and put it put that in our list. So it's kind of like one stop shopping and with links to the episodes where we talked about it and stuff like that. So and apparently it's gotten to the point where there's a curation list for Steam curators. So
4: <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Who curates the curators? Yeah.
0: So I don't know if it's a joke or not, but apparently somebody's putting putting together a list of curators to curate. So I and then somebody will be curating lists of those, I'm sure. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, Stephanie Alvarado wrote us and wants to know your opinion of the graphics for this *Gears of War* series.
1: Um, I think they're 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 generally very good. I think their use of normal mapping is particularly good. But what I think is more notable is when you can play local co-op with *Gears of War*, and I've always been impressed that the fidelity of it is high enough that you can have two different views, basically doubling a lot of the engine, you know, performance issues that you have, it still seems to run at a good frame rate. So I think they are good graphics. Technically, I I think they're great overall. I, I guess I'd also say this. I find their, like, yeah, Maddie and I have talked about this, and um, I, I personally find their kind of masculine body type to be a little cartoonishly <laughs> ridiculous. As much as I love Lancer chainsaws, like machine guns with chainsaws on them, but I do find that aesthetic to be a little bit. It, it pushes me away a bit. But technically, I think the graphics are great.
4: So would you say, like, you know, the graphics themselves are awesome, but the art direction is perhaps not uh, at the same level of maturity as the actual technical execution?
2: How often is that the case? That never (laughs) happens in video games. This is an unusual scenario in which the art direction of a game doesn't really seem as well-guided as the technical aspects. Really, Gears of War is the only example I can think of.
1: (laughs) See, I, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think the vehicles they're in in the Gears of War yeah, universe are well done. I think the weapons, I think the Z-Brush pass on the monsters is well done. So. I own one
2: of those plastic Lancers and I love that thing. Can I borrow that?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Give it to the no. please, Please say no.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's mine. Excuse me? Buy your own. It was like $150. Seriously. Really? All yeah, the ones I've really looked
1: at are 350 Can you at least oh. use it as a fight stick?
2: <laughs> no. I mean, I guess oh. I could smash it into my fight stick, but that would be dangerous both for it, an expensive replica, and my fight stick, an
4: expensive piece of tech. So, In no. your hands, too. That can't be ergonomically correct. Oh, no.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> It would be weird if doing that caused me to be way better at fighting games. That would be amazing, Unexpectedly way better.
0: At least nobody would mess with you at tournaments.
2: No, they definitely wouldn't. That's true. I should just take it with me to tournaments, but they wouldn't know what it was because a lot of times fighting games players really only play fighting games, and so they're not super familiar with shooters. It's sort of one of those unusual things where you pretty much just play one one genre.
0: Wait, so you mean that you mean the people right. who are playing like Street Fighter like haven't ever seen Gears of War, really?
2: I I mean I think so, but I I don't think that I think that if you want to be really good at fighting games, you really have to focus on fighting games. And that doesn't mean that you aren't familiar with any other video game reference, but it's just not necessarily your preference. So I I think that if I brought a Lancer to a fighting game tournament, a lot of people would be like what's that from i know it's familiar you know it, it would just it would be like you know wearing a lord of the rings costume to like a star trek convention yeah or something it's like people would be like that's they would notice, weird yeah but at least you could do like <laughs> the that's remember? not a
0: knife this is a knife type of thing
2: yeah oh. i could do that that would be yet another reference that they would be like that's something else that you're referring to that isn't this or that
1: I just, I want to see you start photoshopping yourself with the Lancer into every single picture you take. Like, you posted a bunch of pictures of you and Samantha this weekend on, yeah. like, Facebook.
2: I really should have, like, brought the Lancer with me when I visited Samantha <laughs> Allen. I don't know why I didn't.
0: Oh my god, a picture of you with the Lancer in that garden would have been classic.
2: yeah. I went to a beautiful botanical garden with Samantha Allen this weekend and put some pictures up of it on Twitter. And But really, those pictures were terrible because they didn't have a Gears of War Lancer. Anyway.
4: <laughs> they weren't really art-directed you know, to the same degree <laughs> of technical right. anyway, just, can I can
2: I say something about that? I remember being really disappointed when the direction, the art direction for the female characters for that game came out because everybody... Yeah. Because I just think it would have been cool if the ladies in that game had been just as jacked. And I know that we are not at a point in our culture where it is acceptable for women to be just as jacked as the men in that game are. But boy, do I wish we were. I just
4: think that would be great. I just want Vasquez to be everyone.
1: I, I have something to say about that. Like, um, I went to this GDC panel um, deconstructing the the art of Gears of War. I was really surprised to find out they use universal topology, meaning the actual vert count of Marcus is exactly the same as Anna, meaning, like, they use That's universal cool. topology in rigging. Wouldn't they have to, because in multiplayer, the hitboxes would have to be the same? Uh, I don't know about the hit boxes because I think, that gets calculated dynamically on the fly with the skeletal mesh, but it's, it's really weird to see like Marcus's face and the verts pushed in to make Anna's face. Like it's really (laughs) bizarre, but I I guess my point is if I'm recalling correctly, like the, the distance of their shoulders and the height of Mm -hmm. them, like they're, they are kind of bulkier women. Do you know what I mean? No, I know.
2: I I think they did pretty well, but there are just a couple things with, costume design like the ladies have on slightly tighter pants just little things like that where i'm like i'm not really sure that's accurate to what military dress actually is but it's just a video game thing maybe 30 years from now it will be slightly different (laughs) i'll
0: be cool now i really want the next time we get together i really want my daughter to get a picture with your lancer
2: oh wow are your kids old enough to be holding guns uh yeah, she won't Are know they what it still is.
0: Still
1: in elementary?
0: School? She won't know what it is. It's fine. She there's all kinds of <laughs> references we throw them in that they go right over their head. They don't even know what's going on.
2: I think it's really funny that you're, like, always worried about, like, the world that your daughters are growing up in. And you're like, but Maddie, you got to bring that huge
3: assault rifle (laughs) over. Of course.
2: Like, this is really throwing me, Steve.
3: Hey, speak softly, but carry a huge lancer. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'll bring the
2: lancer with me everywhere I go. That's it. I'll start bringing it with think.
0: I think that needs to be your thing from now on.
2: It might not be legal, but you know what? doesn't matter i'll get arrested
0: change
4: change the law you know yeah
1: fight the power no i i have to ask daniel like you were saying you felt like the art design may not be as mature or you know living up to every the technical quality of the the art like do you do you think it doesn't like why did you ask that
4: well you know i was partially just being sarcastic and partially like it's funny We had a related conversation to the sort of second part of this last night on Idle Thumbs. Anyway, (laughs) um, basically about whether, you know... God, whether the world is kind of ready for woman warriors or not, because we have right. so many female archers now. You know, we have women archers. That's like the architect for the tough woman now. You know, Katniss made that cool, and now Nerf has like a line of special Nerf guns that are like yellow and pink. They're called Rebel, and it's they crazy. yeah, it's like yeah. a crossbow style, right? It's yeah, like it's crossbow. Archer. Which I'm like, I'm I don't. I don't have a problem with the whole idea of a woman archer because at least that's a step in kind of the right direction of equality. But I would also really love to see more woman like warriors, Amazon style, yeah. like yeah. badass bruiser. Like I want more Vasquez from Aliens. Yeah, you know? she was, she yeah. was tough. Yeah, she, was great. she was a badass. That was nineteen eighty six. Like where where's the rest of Vasquez?
1: You know. Well, we've regressed. I mean, well, I'm pretty yeah. sure the rebel,
0: the re- re- rebel, rebel thing, or just to capitalize on the Hunger Games, mostly.
1: Yeah, yeah, most likely not, I'm sure. That's not
0: a
3: bad thing. No, it's not it, a bad thing. There there are some others like Divergent also uh you know was yeah. a a female and and she's she's not an archer.
1: Oh, my God. That movie's so bad, though. And the book is even worse. Oh, my God. Well, no, there's Resident God, that's Evil. So yeah. yeah.
3: Those movies aliens. are not
2: very good.
3: much um, <laughs> Alien and Aliens. Aliens. Alien. I, aliens.
2: I, I'm, I'll, I'll happily watch the Resident Evil movies, but in comparison to Alien, let's be real here. They're, they're not <laughs> on the same level. Not the same wavelength. Yeah. They're um. fun. They're fun, but they're not like... I like the first Resident Evil.
3: I, I do, thought. too. I, I liked it. Too. I thought it was good. I, I love Paul Michelle Rodriguez, yeah. you know, in
4: the early 2000s, she was kind of, she almost had that thing going on, because she was a soldier in the first Resident Evil, and she was kind of a badass brawler style, and she yeah. was, I mean, her first breakout role was in Girl Fight as a woman mm-hmm. boxer. Yeah. So, like, it was like we were almost going to get some of that, maybe, and then it kind of, you know. Uh, we
3: have Kill Bill. We did um, have Kill Bill. We did have Kill Bill. That was cool. And then we had Million Dollar Baby.
2: Well, can we think of some video game examples of women who are doing stuff besides being archers? I mean, I love um, the
4: new Team Raider, but that's oh, a very similar... Treachery and Beatdown City, which is not out yet. I am excited
2: about that game. Have you all heard of this, by the way? Treachery and Beatdown City? Anybody else in the cast? Oh, I yes. feel
0: like I've heard the name, but I don't know what it is.
2: It is... It just did a Kickstarter. It is a beat-em-up game with three different character types. Sort of like a heavy, medium, and light fighter. But what's cool about it is that the medium level fighter is the female character. And ordinarily, the light style, like quick fighter, is the female character because, like, oh, women are so graceful. But in this case, she's like (laughs) the the brawler. Yeah,
4: she's like a a middleweight fighter, and she's an MMA fighter. Whereas I think the heavyweight is boxer. She's an MMA fighter, and the lightweight is more of like a judo style, you know, martial arts style. So it's kind of cool.
2: Mm-hmm. None of the characters in the game are white, and that's another cool thing. And th- not all the developers are white, and so they're kind of doing like a multicultural f- beat-em-up brawler style on the streets kind of a game, and it's very, very cool.
0: This looks really cool, yeah. It looks yeah.
2: awesome.
4: And I think there's some RPG elements too, maybe. I, I might be wrong, but I, I thought yeah, I don't there know. was a little bit of RPG stuff
0: Yeah, I'm in definitely there. getting like a River City Ransom vibe from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I mean, I think
4: it's a little more rpg
2: than that, but I know I like the beat 'em up style games, so that's kind of what I'm leaning on and what I'm interested in more so than RPG elements, but I'm sure it'll be good. I'm just excited about what the characters look like and the art style looks really cool, too.
4: Yeah, and she looks like an MMA fighter. She's wearing like a tank top and like shorts, like exactly what yeah. an MMA fighter would wear. She's right. not wearing like a bikini yeah. that only covers her nipples, like basically, you know. <laughs> she actually looks like she's ready to fight, and she's yeah. in a pose like I'm a. It's
3: hard to grapple in that.
4: Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, you might, so- you might you might <laughs> like hit yourself in the face or I'm just something. Like
3: from from personal experience, that's not a good thing to grapple in. You really. Yeah, George is yeah.
2: constantly grappling in a bikini and being like, "Wow, this is really tough."
0: So
3: <laughs> she knows a lot Jake, about so it. So much more skill. <laughs>
0: I mean, we know that's not true, Maddie. They can't wear bikinis up in Canada. It's no, I know. Cold. It's that's too chilly up true. there. I'm,
3: I'm wearing a snowsuit while I grapple. <laughs> every every uh, jiu-jitsu fight, I'm like, wait a second. I got to put my like face mask on. And
0: hey. It's <laughs> harder for them to get a grip on the snowsuits because they're so squishy.
3: Yeah. We should make a em up about Canada where
2: everybody's wearing huge parkas, <laughs> and you can't really see what character class anybody is because everybody's just wearing parkas. So it's like a surprise every time how muscular they are, except for the moose.
4: Except for the moose. <laughs> <laughs> is there a maple syrup monster too? I would love yeah. to see a fighting oh, game with like a, mo- a moose oh. up on
0: up on his hind legs
1: and just you know fighting with his hooves.
2: I <laughs> would play that game for real. <laughs>
1: Oh, very nice. I, I'm just going to say this. Okay. So, we like Unreal has this new like uh, draw 2D function. It's like to compete with Unity. So, we make a 2D game starring Georgia, like dressed up as Snow Shadow, and then she's just fighting Moose.
0: I would. I That's love the it. entire game. Ship this, it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do it right now. Kickstarter. I will. Let's I will be playtesting for you tomorrow. And the title is Dalabunga, obviously. Yeah.
4: Well, you've got to have a moose name in there, too, though. It's got to be like,
1: oh, man. Moose Vengeance. Dalabunga Moose... Moose... Adventures? No. Moose Adventure. Dalabunga Moose Adventures. That's it. That's the title
0: right there.
2: There it is. It's very unexpected that it's a beat-em-up beat against a it's
0: moose.
1: beat-em-up. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful game. Georgia, why do you hate moose? I <laughs> don't the moose she's gonna use all the, all the parts it's okay, it started long oh, okay. Ago. we'll come
2: up with a backstory for we the moose to, thing to justify it
0: yeah oh yeah this is the this is a game that definitely needs a very deep backstory and a lot of world building
2: <laughs> <Right>. an extended <laughs> universe with comic books and novelizations
3: that i will take care of don't worry everybody got this i got this i think and it would be great if the a...
0: moose as a super move called in like a flock of loons
3: Someone what? says the fighting Mega Moose and their myriad of hand turkey minions from the chat room. Right, the hand turkey we we to. That's what I have in. to have that I can send out. It's like my. my Do um, you think we have too many st- in
1: jokes on this show? I think we have created an entire universe <laughs> of nonsense. I feel bad for Danielle. She's
3: like, who are these people? I we're going to reach a point where what we're going to have it? to go
0: yes. like Earth 2 on our on our in jokes and just kind of banish them to a whole other universe to start fresh. Earth 2?
3: Oh, we can't. Don't. I loved Earth 2. That's. that's
0: Deep yeah. cut, though. Like Ow. So we talk about this Titan thing. So Blizzard apparently had another MMO that they were working on alongside World of Warcraft for the past seven years, and they finally got around to killing it this week. And people are sad. And there's not really a lot of a lot of information about it. There was just kind of a bunch of random leaks that came out every so often, and like mini announcements and like it's coming and we're working on it alongside world of warcraft but it's not actually going to be it's not going to be a replacement for world of warcraft and then there were there were a number of they leaked the, the name in 2010 and then nothing happened so finally they killed it this week and now people are upset and i don't even this has been going on for seven years i'm kind i guess it's kind of surprising that they've let it Go on this long? It's but... Like that
3: slow death, it's almost painful to watch. Right. You know, you just leave some, you're just stringing people along. Yeah. yeah. It's the way a moose dies. You know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Hello>? just... <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Do
1: you... So Danielle, one reason I'm glad you're on the show today with us is I have another developer here. Something I appreciate mate, uh, I appreciate about your reviews is you're you're not just a video game journalist. Not that there's anything wrong with just being a video game journalist, but you're also oh. a developer. You actually teach college students how to you know, program with Unity, and I, I really do. appreciate that perspective that you bring. You. Um, so you know like i feel like i'm reading the story about blizzard choosing to like pull the axe here and i'm kind of imagining that they you know went through created all these assets for a world you know came up with some rough betas of gameplay features
0: mm-hmm. and
1: obviously they didn't develop seven years of hardcore full development team to this like they had a team that was smaller that kind of you know, put together these assets. And I guess my question for you is, as a as a developer, when you're working on an idea or a prototype, when do you kind of realize that it's not working? Because that is clearly what happened here if you read what they say.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit for those people that worked so hard for you know, seven years of your life, like seven years ago what Bioshock had just come out, and wow. it was, you know, like, just think about that, like, that's the amount of time somebody has been dedicating their life to, like, making art assets that may never come out, like, that just, just kills me, like, as someone who's not, you know, I just sort of make my own little crappy games, and I make my own art for them, and none of them are good, and, or anything like that, but, like, just even, even the amount of time it takes to, like, <laughs> make crappy pixel art in photoshop like i never want to throw out anything i've ever done because it's like that was two hours of my life like i'm never (laughs) getting that back so it's just like just oh god it's just heartbreaking i hope they can find a way of repurposing some of that at least most of it i'm hoping
1: From what I know about Blizzard, it always starts with really strong art design. And so they were probably sitting there, they worked on concept sketches, they figured out what their core mechanics were going to be. They say it was going to be very ambitious. So I would imagine they had a team that sat down and actually built these, you know, skeletal meshes. And then like what we do at GSX, when we think about a new mechanic, someone sits down and like, you know, I was making a quick prototype with some of the the easier stuff, like Game Salad or whatever. And I would imagine, like, they just kind of threw it together, made it something like, you know, can you imagine where this is going? Like, off in development, you, you use the power of imagination to figure out where it's going. So I can't imagine it was like... You know, millions and millions and millions of dollars. I mean, here within 38 Studios, they went through such a money pit. I mean, developing an MMO is extremely, extremely expensive. So, I just, I have to imagine it was more of a, a concept of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, for sure.
1: I, I don't know. I I guess for me, the question that I'm personally coming to out of this, because it's sci-fi themed, isn't is there not more room for another MMO there? It's What wasn't working about this? Because I believe Blizzard can make any game they want. Yeah, I believe they can make that work. They are, even though I hate their art direction and generally don't like the products (laughs) that they put out. Like, Hearthstone is an extremely well done game. Like, that is a brilliant piece of game design. WoW really hit on some some magical formula about reward versus time put in that was just constantly feeding you experience points. And I think they're, even though I don't like the work they do, it's very well done. So I don't know that, that to me is the question I leave with this. Do you not like Starcraft? Nah.
0: Oh, free.
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Come on. You have like this, this dude in this like hulking suit. And no, 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 no. I, I'm not talking about the campaign. I'm talking about
2: playing the multiplayer. You don't enjoy it? I've never played it. Oh well, that's okay. That, don't judge I get me. Owned
3: so quick. I have to play against other people that I know that like like work during the daytime. Because if not, you're just
2: yeah. oh playing it with friends is really fun. I I play StarCraft I like better. every week.
0: Oh, that was my really? favorite. Like back in yeah. college, we used to like get set up all around the dorm and just take like four of us on against the computer yeah, and just shout wish- at each other. And I wish I had had
2: that experience, but as as we know, I had no friends. So oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> the history of Maddie Myers is a sad one. Um, but no, I played every week. I, my boyfriend has a very extensive hair care regimen and, and he performs it every Saturday. I spend that time playing StarCraft every single week. If you ever met Zach, you know he has beautiful hair. So yeah, but well, um, that's like I'm intrigued. Yeah, I need now. Starcraft I need to see his hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he yeah, it's yeah, gorgeous. It, it's uh,
0: it's very lustrous. Really?
2: Um, but yes. I play Starcraft for one to two hours every week. During that time, it's very relaxing and and lovely. And um, <laughs> I don't know that I'm really getting any better, but I would say that playing every week, I've been slowly getting better, and because I've been doing it for months and months and months, so. Yeah. Bree, you might really like it because I know you like Civilization. And I would say that StarCraft II hits a lot of the same excitement feelings for me that Civilization (laughs) V does.
0: I would agree with that. In terms of
2: building stuff and the heightening tension of a battle and just moving all of your characters to and fro it there are a lot of similarities and i already liked starcraft 2 before i started playing civ 5 so for me it was like the backwards way where i was playing civ 5 and i was like oh whoa this is like starcraft 2 so you if you played the multiplayer you might get are... into it on that score but it might be too late if you've
0: never liked it until before or now. just
3: play against frank and then you. oh yeah it. play Enjoy against it. frank and then it'll be
2: fun because you
3: can <laughs> kick his butt
0: yeah i get it because I'm like my wife is like She was super-duper into, like, Warcraft 3.
2: Oh, God, yeah! And then I
0: tried to get her to play... And and Age of Empires, too? Mm -hmm. Like, forget it. I like those,
2: too. Like, all the
0: Age of Empires games, she was, like, completely off to the races, and I tried to get her to play StarCraft. She's like... Eh, I don't like sci-fi. I can't get into it. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. It's funny. I'm the opposite way. I'm more into sci-fi. So for me, I played those other games and I was like, these are cool, but I can't get super into them. And then with StarCraft, I was like, this is it. This is the aesthetic that I wanted those other games to have. And it's finally here. But Brie, I agree with you. The campaign is not
1: good. I I guess I just (laughs) don't overall. I've never played a Blizzard game and have walked away feeling like they care about making empowered, cool female characters. And I know Kerrigan Mm. is kind of an exception. She's a cool design. She's voiced by, um, oh, what's her name from Battlestar? Like, one of my favorite actresses ever. Uh, Trisha No, Trisha... um, Trisha Helfer. Yeah, Helfer. She's great. But I just... It's it's very obvious there are a lot of dudes on that development team. Yeah. And you know, it's like I was I was talking to a friend of mine that worked at Blizzard at uh PAX this year, PAX Prime. And, you know he was really stressing how they were trying to turn that around because so much of the market of mm-hmm. the people that actually play their games are women. It's close to 50%. But I can tell you there's like there's a disconnect there where the the female characters that they have don't feel genuine to me on some level so i don't play their games and it's just that simple
2: yeah yeah that's yeah, legit I think that's fair i mean i i don't like how they ended kerrigan's story in starcraft 2 which is not really a spoiler at this point they came out out for years everybody you should you should know it's like they sort of started writing a good female character and then they completely destroyed everything that they were trying to do with her i would say uh-huh. and i don't know why they did that and i'm still not happy about it but it's also like design wise it's just such good multiplayer i mean i i don't know it's probably the same reason why i still play call of duty even though politically i don't agree with the choices that those games sure. make but uh-huh. like design wise there's so much there that i enjoy and I, it, this is such a tough That's such a tough decision to have to make when you're playing games, to be like, I love this game. There are parts of it that are really sexist. How am I supposed to negotiate that? And, I mean, we talk about that on the show all the time because there is no answer. It's just something that sucks, you know? Yep.
4: Yes. Yes. I feel that way about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Totally. I feel so so. conflicted about that series. Because it's a great
1: game. But oh and you wanna talk technically and the way they stream in levels and textures and it's it's a technical marvel. Like I just want to drive around that that universe and experience what they've built technically. But then like you start playing the story and it's so unbelievably sexist, you know. Yeah.
4: And transphobic and homophobic and and racist in so many ways. And it's just like,
1: pulls out all the stops. (laughs) Have you guys read, um, Oh God, was he wrote masters of doom? uh, And he wrote a book about the grand theft auto team. uh, It's called jacked. And you find out about the actual people that are on that, that started the studio and you know, that made that series. And You know, there's a story there, and as a developer, like, I love hearing the stories of how this got made, but it's also really clear that the DNA of the company is basically a bunch of 12 year old boys that don't like (laughs) people telling them they can't do something. And they see it as like, their artistic vision being compromised and they just get really angry about that and want to push, 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 push. That's And that that shows in their product. That's why I
0: laugh whenever I see people getting all super upset about, like, oh, feminism's going to ruin games. It's like, do you think Rockstar is really going to change anything? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Do you think they give a crap about what anybody thinks? They're going to make their games because they're selling a bajillion copies. Right. Right. Yeah. That
4: is so true. And actually, it's it's funny and it's like a weird little connection to earlier on in the podcast. But um, I'm pretty sure that Sean Allen, who's making Beat Down in yes. uh, Treachery and Beatdown Density, actually worked at Rockstar for a while and left because he was like, you know what? I want to make games that are better than this. Like, okay. I want to make games that have like characters that are sort of, like, better, like, better representations of people of color, of women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, like... That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know that you, was his history. You do that, dude.
3: <laughs> you
1: know, go for it. But
3: like Grand, Grand, Grand Theft Auto that their actual mythos is to see if they can, like, they're their way is, like, to see how many people they can offend. Like, they actually go out to make a game that is going to push buttons and, because of that, get a whole bunch of press and and appeal to a certain audience. And we're probably always going to have games that deal with that. I think that, though, as we have more and more discussions about, like, that this actually... I think that a lot of people make games and they don't actually get that they're offending people.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think you're
3: right. I think that we're opening eyes of people going, oh, my God, I looked at that and now I see it in a different way, but I didn't really... Because it was the way of... The past, I didn't really notice that it was different.
1: I, I can so. tell you, having read Jacked, the the pattern over and over again with Rockstar is it's a bunch of perpetual children on the development team, and you can see it with Grand Theft Auto, you know, the eighty Vice City, and you know San Andreas, and you know Grand Theft Auto four. That over and over and over again, they make these decisions It's a bunch of dudes on the dev team, and then the controversy happens, and they're like, oh, my God, how did this happen again? (laughs) I'm amazed. (laughs) Yeah. And they're genuinely surprised by it. You guys should read Jacked. Masters of Doom.
0: Masters of Doom was fantastic, so I I didn't know he wrote something else. I definitely want to check that out. Same author. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Should we talk about Alien Isolation? While yes, Danielle! Yeah. Yeah. So, I've
1: never yeah. talked to someone that's played it. Is it good? I would love to talk to you about it, it's Danielle. It's really fun. Yay. Have, you, have any of you? No, 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 no. We all excitedly we oh, wow. yeah, read it. I'm the
2: only lucky <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> the only
4: lucky one. So I've, I played it at E3, so it was actually a little while ago. It was an earlier build of the game. Um, but from what I played, it scared me a lot it scared the poo out of me. Like I was definitely, I, I was playing it right, and I'm like, I was playing it on PS4, the PS4 build, uh, and it was at E3, and we're all in this like, you know, you know, how E3 is all like goofy booths that all look like whatever the world of the game is supposed to come from. At least yeah. the bigger budget yep. studios all have that set up. So it just so you basically, with, like a one of spaceship. The- I was in one of those pods from Aliens, the second game. Even though this game is based on Alien, the first game, uh, excuse me, the first movie, it was like, whatever. They just went with it, I guess. And so it's a dark room where there's just a bunch of journalists and E3 goers playing the game and just screaming, you know, at random intervals, basically. So I sat down, and I'm playing the game, and it's dark room, and it's horrifying, and I died um, almost immediately. Um, basically, you're just in this section that they had us playing, the alien is stalking you, and you have to hide in a locker, you have to hold your breath, and then you have to sort of uh, maneuver around it, find yourself in the vents, use the uh, the motion tracker to see where the alien is. It's just really, really tense. It's like a tense section of the game. So I died almost immediately, and, like, my hands were sweating so much that the controller actually fell out of my hands, and I was just like, oh, God. This is, <laughs> oh, that's bad. This is good. This is really good. <laughs> uh, and then I was playing, you know, just getting a little further, and I was doing really well. And uh, the PR person who was there sort of showing me around, like, uh, the person I was interviewing was ready for the interview. So this PR person had to, like, get me out of the game without terrifying me. And so he, like, approached me to my side and, like, tried to, like, wave at me before, you know, like, so he didn't, like, cause a horrible scene where I punched him or something.
0: Oh, I can only imagine what would happen if he, like, tapped you on the shoulder right in the middle of that. Oh, (laughs) God.
4: Yeah, I... It, like I really probably would have punched him, like not because I meant to, just because I would have been right. terrified completely and thinking an alien's going to eat my face off. So, oh my god, yeah, gosh. it's really really tense. You know, the sound design is just incredible, it, really? and it's probably the main thing that's like really really driving me towards wanting to buy this game on day one. It's probably one of the only bigger budget games I'm going to buy on day one this fall. Maybe the only one actually. Do they not give you a gun because the
2: alien has it? It has its blood will hurt you. It's got acid blood, so you can't use a gun,
3: right? I mean, you know.
4: Yeah, I think I think there are weapons in the game, but they're not terribly effective. Like right. there's like a flare. There's be. a bit of a flame. They Give you oh, okay. a spoon.
3: You have a spoon to fight the aliens with. They give <laughs> you a wooden fork. Nice
1: yeah. Do you have a giant <laughs> panda to throw <laughs> I at the alien? Have, you, you can squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you squeeze okay, the panda right.
4: for
3: moral support.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, that totally might help. I mean, it's really, it's really horrifying when you have to hide in a locker and hold your breath. Well, you can hear the alien, like, sniffing at you. You can see it through the sort of vents in the locker. And it is, it's just really effective. And Alien is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm an alien super ultra nerd, basically. You're so. with
2: friends here.
4: Well, not Steve. <laughs> Good, though. I'm so not glad. Steve. Steve. Well, Steve, Steve
3: doesn't understand movies. So. Yeah. Oh.
4: It's okay. I'm broken Everybody inside. else here
3: yeah. understands movies and likes Alien. Movies are trauma to Steve, but for everyone else, we're good.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, I understand. I, uh, I don't actually understand. But <laughs> That's okay. I'll say that I do. There's a, there's a
0: lot of things about me that are very odd and off-putting that I would not feel bad.
2: There's a very special episode that I can send you later, Danielle, of why Steve hates movies if you want okay, yeah. to ep- hear it. Okay, I would love to hear it. The same
3: episode that we find out why Steve wears a panda suit when he podcasts. That's, oh, not happens. that's not what happened.
2: That's not what happened. I happens want to at definitely all, hear about
3: both of these things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alien is a fantastic
2: movie, and I am really excited about this game because it yeah. sounds like they understand why that movie was good. Right. Which I think a lot of yes. other game creators who like Alien don't like it for the same reason that I like it. Which well, is that's... the aesthetics and you know, the characters and yes. the tension of it as opposed to just space Space Marines. Marines in space.
4: <laughs> Marines in space. It is is like yeah. <laughs> an interesting
2: thing to watch Alien and be like, what if I just take the space Marines? and <laughs> Then you have StarCraft.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yes and no. I don't know.
4: Well, the old joke about how games, you know, they borrowed everything from Aliens except for Ripley. Like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That old chestnut. Is, you know, but also I would true. say
2: they don't borrow the pacing and the narrative elements of Alien and Aliens. Like, Anything Correct. about those movies that is enjoyable really is, is missing from games, I think.
3: I always worry when we watch, when I play a game, and I almost always avoid a game that's from a movie just because mm. I figure that they are going to just go on the laurels of the movie, you know, try to get a whole bunch of people to watch it, and they're really not going to spend the time to go into making it a really great game on yeah. its own. So I'm really excited to hear that they did it right
0: yeah that, that yeah. used to be the case it seems like they're starting to figure out that that's not really a great way to go a lot of the time <laughs> <Yeah>. though
1: <laughs> like i
0: remember like yeah, the old lord true. of the rings games back on the gamecube that tried to follow the movie like beat for beat and it just did not work very well
3: I remember Atari's E.T. I don't know if anyone's yeah, heard of Yeah, wow. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it, Georgia. There's a desert I what, somewhere. I was actually like, yeah, I was going through and I was digging in the ground, to wow. try to build something. And then I'm like, what is this strange contraption? And it has, you know, E.T. on it. And then I.
0: Can know. I tell you, Georgia, that was the first video game that I ever played. My 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 parents got me an Atari 2600 with E.T., and I played that game.
4: And you're still playing games. That's why he hates movies.
0: I played that game for hours and hours and hours because I figured that if I kept playing it, I would get good enough to figure out what was fun about it. Yeah. And that never quite happened. And and I've never seen the movie E.T. to this day because of it either.
1: Well, you don't (laughs) like Like, movies. That makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I have a question about my big worry about Alien is I don't understand how you could do that game and not have it go through the level, die, repeat, die, repeat, die, repeat, die. Yeah. And that's, like, I'm super psyched about the art direction. I'm I'm mm-hmm. excited about the sound design. I'm worried about the gameplay. So that's the main thing I wanted to ask you today. Like, is this going to be something... That you have to replay a section like five times to get through it, and like you're you're scared the first time, but then you know how it's going to go, so it's not scary.
4: That is definitely the concern, and like I said, I only played sort of the E3 preview build, which I'm sure they can make you know twenty minutes to an hour super amazing, and incredible, and polished. But what if the game actually falls into those traps? And that's definitely something I'm I'm worried about for sure. Um, and and also. Uh, some of the other stuff they were showing off, you know, encounters with humans and encounters with AIs who are, not AIs, I guess they're sort of automatons is what they're calling them, I think. They're sort of like proto-Ash characters, basically. You know, it they look cool, you know, when you encounter them, but do we know if those are actually going to be anywhere near as tense or as exciting or as fun, honestly, as, as sort of evading the alien? And we just kind of don't know yet, and... You know, I haven't gotten my hands on the final build yet. I'm hoping to soon, obviously, or I will just probably just buy it on day one. Uh, because I just really love horror games and streaming horror games now, so it might be worth my time, even if it doesn't end up living up entirely <laughs> to the promise, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think those are valid concerns. And there's also the valid concern that uh, some of the DLC for the game sounds amazing, but it's, you know, why is it DLC? There, there's sort of a little bit of that going on, too. Well,
1: can we talk about that? Because, like, we introduced yeah. this topic. It was just like, hey, Danielle, what do you think of Alien <laughs> Isolation? Like, the story we wanted to talk about was this, you you wrote it, like, what was it, five days ago or last week, talking about the DLC for it? The survivor mode.
4: That looks really cool. And there are different playable characters for each survivor scenario. So it sounds like they're really kind of taking this universe and doing really cool things with it in the DLC. There's another piece of DLC that's going to have the entire crew from the, or excuse me, the entire cast from the original movie reprising their roles in the fiction of Alien, which is incredibly cool, but that's also DLC. So it's kind of like, okay, do I need to buy the season pack for this game or whatever to actually get the whole game experience? Or... I don't know. I'm i I'm, I'm of two minds about that. The DLC, which which has the cast of Alien, the original movie, in it, uh, is being counted as a pre-order bonus, hmm. and hmm. that you know freaked people out about a month ago or so. You know, yeah. saying like, oh, you know, if you want to play this really cool chapter with all these cool characters that you know and love, pre-order, pony up. You know, it's it's a little, it feels a little gross. Yeah. It's
1: it's very Alien Colonial Marines esque. Like, do you remember what that they kept saying over and over? Oh, yes. Like, you're gonna know what happened between Aliens and Alien Three. You're gonna know why the 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 capsules were ejected. You're gonna know how Hicks was killed. You know, they said that. They said that. They said that. I personally was very excited about that. And then I go and play Colonial Marines, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah. Why is this not here? And then they eventually <laughs> put it out as DLC. It's very rem- Of that, Like, do you want to know this link with the movie? Do you really love this movie universe? Well, buy this game and then buy this extra product along with it.
4: I am of two minds about it, honestly, because I'm just so excited that playing this felt good so far to me. And I'm so excited that it's something that feels like it's a true horror game in the Alien universe, which we really haven't had since maybe... God, I don't know if any of you played this, but there is a PS1 game yes. set in the Aliens universe. Yes, was, Alien trilogy. Yeah, yes, it was actually really scary. So I feel like this is the first genuine horror game uh, set in this universe in, in such a long time that I, I, you know, I can't help but be excited about it. But I know my my like rational part of my brain is saying, like, okay, also this is a product that's being marketed. And of course it's twenty fourteen and it's gonna be marketed in this way with all the DLC and the season pass and the pre order bonus and all the
1: other stuff. So it's ugh, it's complicated. I just want this to be good. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I wanna I want to uh Yeah, they have wired it up to Oculus Rift, and I want to like oh, fi- I want support to exist so I can take my dev kit for Oculus and like and, like be in this so universe wild. somehow. That I might know. be too scary though.
4: Yeah, for me. I, I don't might, know.
3: That might I be might too throw much. up
4: <laughs> My polygon coworkers that played it at E three were like, "Yeah, it's it's horrifying." The worst part is that you know when you look away, like when you want to look away from the screen, you can't, and it's I like just... horrifying. And when you put your hands up. They don't show in front of... Okay, so when you're like in a defensive position it, in real life as a human being, you put your hands up when you're scared of something, but you don't see your hands in front of your eyes because the Oculus screen is actually between your hands and your eyes. Right. So it's right. so much worse
3: than anything that will happen
1: to you in you real life. you feel
3: defenseless. You feel exactly. like your defenses have been taken away. That sounds horrible. That it's sounds really terrible. scary.
1: Georgia, what do you think would happen to you if you played this? Do you think I it would barely, break you?
3: It might. It might. I really yeah. – Answer can...
1: carefully, Georgia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I do – I love playing scary games and I get them. But then I have like mini panic attacks when I when I play the game uh which is funny cuz i'm an anxiety specialist but um so like <laughs> trying to play the game i'm i'm panicking as uh, my husband laughs and i'm like just about to like i won't go into certain areas i will be the staller like i'm and if the game they come after me then i panic and i like throw things like it's not good wow. so i couldn't do that <laughs> Playing with Oculus, I would really run terrifying. through the house and destroy something.
2: <laughs> wow! Wow! I get scared of games, but I I'm not on your level with that. Yeah, I'll just true. pause it's it very... and be like,
3: okay, I need to take a break. You see, and I wouldn't. I don't know if I would think of that. I would miss the button, and I would be panicking as I'm trying to get away. Wow! Okay. I literally hit myself in the face
4: all the Did time you? when I'm playing horror I games. so that. like when I was playing PT, I was playing it on a stream with some friends, and like. So I'm a boxer in real life, and so whenever anything's in any kind of danger to me, immediately my hands go up and, like, my fists go up. And, I, you know, when that happens, when you have something in your hands, you hit yourself in the <laughs> face with whatever's in your hand. So I definitely hit myself in the face with the controller several times while playing PT. Whoa. Wow. It's there, yeah. Wow.
1: Be I totally hear you. That yeah. usually
0: only happens to me when I'm playing iPhone games in bed and I just drop the phone on my well, face.
1: especially <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's very dangerous. Yeah. Georgia, what is it? I've often wondered, like, psychologically, I, like, if there's a horror movie, I've seen it. I mean, I'm the world's biggest horror fan. What is that? I, I don't know if it's because, I don't know if it's, like, a psychological, like, there's some aspect of me where I'm drawn to that, but I also think it might be because in horror films... Horror is a really good genre having actualized female characters that you can relate to as a person. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a genre where there's really not, like... There's very rarely the woman there is just, like, the romantic girlfriend or whatever. It's almost always about the woman. And I think that's part of why I like it, but...
3: Or the final girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, the one that makes it, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. All the rules of uh, horror films. Yeah, you get... One is you get a massive great rush like you get that adrenaline rush which is is a fabulous feeling i love horror films as well and and Mm -hmm. i love watching them with someone that's more frightened than i am because that always gives me a kick but um (laughs) yeah you get a really great rush from it you also get usually there's a girl that you can relate to that is smart enough to outwit their dangers so i think it's a great analogy for kind of life right you have to get through it you have to figure out there's bad things that are dealing with that and you end up victorious at the end so it's kind of like twitter (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: there are some statistics also that women like
2: horror games more than men i have always wondered if that is true about horror games as well like in addition to movies um because i know so many women who love horror games I also yeah. know a lot of gay men who like horror games and not that many straight men who do so i don't know if that's like a because ordinarily the characters in a horror game who excel and in a horror film who excel are like the unexpected person right and that's such a common trope that like more marginalized people will play the game and be like yeah this is like reflective of my real life experience and in, in an unexpected way yeah i think it's way. a
4: power thing yeah. yeah sure like that totally makes sense to me definitely like in in a true horror game you were disempowered
2: Yeah, even if you're playing as like a guy in Silent Hill 2 or whatever, like a character that you don't relate to, the circumstances are you having a particular kind of power fantasy that is appealing, I think.
3: Well, it's also why usually the woman is the main character, right? Because right? Right? We are more frightened that they have; they are less strong, they're weaker. They have to use their wits about it, and so we feel a little bit more frightened in the movie because of that. So I don't know. Like sometimes it's like a, a negative thing, but then we we kick butt and we survive, and then we're like, you know, there, yeah, <laughs> bad guy, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not said exactly
1: like that. The, the first horror movie rules. the person is so macho is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, yeah. go punch yeah. out this situation. Right. They die instantly. They have to die
3: first because that shows us that this guy, if that's the toughest guy in your group, and I took them out like nothing, right? It's the actual same mythos yep. to like fighting strategy. Like if you're fighting a group of people, like take out the biggest, baddest person first. And then everyone else is like, whoa, wait a second. And then like the crafty
2: unsuspecting person might be the one who tricks you, which is right. just I love that. Right. Like Jill Valentine playing as Jill Valentine in the original Resident Evil is like the epitome of that trope, I think. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. her.
3: But in video games there's a lot of guys that are the main character I find. Like I it's it's more mixed. It's like a I don't know. Yeah,
2: I think split? it's
0: something they could I mean
2: Alien Isolation is an example of a game that is actually going to have a female character in it, which is great.
0: I find that when I'm, when I'm playing, like, survival horror games, which I don't enjoy at all, generally, it's not that I'm scared, it's that I'm frustrated. Yeah. It's like, there was a book that I was listening to in the car, and he was talking about Resident Evil and about how the control scheme is supposed to yep. be off-putting and yep. supposed to in- enhance that sense of fear and stuff like that. And I've always looked at it like, God, why can't I just walk in the direction I want to walk in? This sucks. Yeah,
3: there's a difference between being frustrated, whereas, like, it takes you out of the game because you just think the game isn't working
0: properly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's not good for me. Right, yeah. and, like, the
0: only one that I've actually enjoyed, I mean, other than the Left 4 Dead games, which is kind of different anyway, is, like, Eternal Darkness, where they had those, those sanity effects where it would mm-hmm. actually, like, yeah. treat it like, oh, you know, your controller's not working anymore. And then yeah, kind of cool. get to you as a person playing the game as opposed to, like, the character in the game. And that's right. the only one that's really ever worked on me. And, and you know, the problem is with that is it's gimmicky because after you've seen it once, they repeat them and then you know that that's not happening again. But the first time that it happens, like, you know, you walk into a room and it's like, oh, controller controller one is unplugged. Plug your controller back, back in. <laughs> And that, that was actually got to me, but just like Resident Evil, it's just like, I just get frustrated, and it's like, it's not even like I'm afraid, I'm like frustrated, I'm afraid that I'm gonna have to waste time doing it again, if I die, it is sure. really the only thing that gets to me.
4: I think a lot of this is why PT was so effective. The control, I mean, there were basically almost no controls in that game, you're just sort of walking around and looking at things, but you didn't quite understand the world which is exactly what horror should be. You don't understand mm-hmm. the rules because right. the rules are changed on you because the world is, you know, unnatural or supernaturally influenced or however you want to put it. God, I, su- I swear, I think PT is, like, the best game that came
3: out this year. <laughs> it's I like watched a demo. that. That was really... <laughs> yeah, that seems like a really great, interesting game.
1: I haven't played through it yet. I need to do that.
3: It's
4: worth your time, I think. Personally.
1: All right, I'll do it.
4: I'll do it. <laughs> Especially if you enjoy horror and enjoy being scared because it really scared me like it really really made me scream but
3: well, what about the chicken baby
4: <laughs> yeah bro, ba- chicken chicken bro baby a like, fetus uh, yeah. yeah chicken baby he's a bro too where he talks basically, he's, he's like oh you lost your job Buh. like that's him talking and it's so crazy it's the baby. baby talks
2: in a grown man's voice and it says bro things at you i don't know why <laughs>
0: That would it be totally scary, guess. but I guess it is. I don't know. Encountering a random bro is kind of scary.
4: It's true. It's a
0: fetus <laughs> chicken bro.
3: It's like... <laughs> a strange one. It's that literally a strange like a fetal one. bro. Like,
4: everything's scary,
3: everything's scary, and then you're like, oh, wait, no. Huh? no. Like, maybe they misdrew that. It's like they drew it and they like... They rendered that and they were like, yeah, whatever. We'll get back to it and fix it later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Put in a bro voice. That'll be scary enough to to tell them. Give him the bro voice.
3: That's true.
1: I should have sent a baby chicken bro to George's house instead of a panda. I really regret that. You could have sent a stuffed Cthulhu i
2: could oh, have yeah. I'm, I'm, glad I'm sorry you sent but, a panda. It, it, the panda it, it just un- goes with our team show of niceness you sent a panda <laughs> i did
1: everyone people. everyone like always assumes the worst to me like i'm gonna send oh. an awful like like a head to george's house no i sent <laughs> her a panda but that was
3: that was actually if we we went through twitter with all of the suggestions i think that that was like the top one the Head, <laughs> a said head. Like <laughs> a panda head something Something, yeah.
1: That's right. I am a murderer. I'm going to send a <laughs> head to George's house. But
3: who well, is head? You're, right. You know, you're mo- the most Stepford wife of all of us. I can't believe they would even think. I know.
1: It's very <laughs> yeah. true. It's very That's true. I figured
0: you were going to send, uh, you know, a batch of fresh-baked cookies from your recipe. That you That's made. true. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: From your Bready yeah. crocker book yeah. that you've been. No, Br- you know, read- Bree's is- a
0: gourmet chef in her, in her spare time. <laughs> She's going to be on I, the next episode of Chopped.
1: That's me. that 's chopped. Hey, uh, Danielle, do you want to talk engines? Sure,
4: <laughs> I'd be happy to.
1: This is the only time I've had another developer on the show with me, and it's <laughs> like I actually don't know that much about Unity. And you know, here in the indie world, a really common thing that you hear over and over again is you know people using. Unity, and I know that you like <laughs> teach that to your students. I don't know. I guess I just wanted to have a conversation with you. Unreal U uh, four has come out. It's got a lot of tools. It's got these two D tools to clearly compete with aspects of Unity. Um, so I guess my question to you is like, why do you like that engine enough to have you know mastered it professionally enough to teach it?
4: So okay, I've been playing with Unity, you know, before I taught it, before I really knew it so well. For five-ish years now, back when it was really not super <laughs> user-friendly, especially for 2D stuff. So my 3D skills are are middling. You know, I took a few 3D animation classes in grad school, but never to the point where I was ever going to be a good 3D environment artist or 3D character artist. Uh, so I was always very interested in, like, all right, then that means I can at least make something look at least like it should uh, if I work primarily in 2D. So I used to just make all these weird fixes, basically using a 3D engine to make crappy little 2D platformers and things like that and just using ray casting and things like that instead of...
1: What do you mean? Like, you would have a 3D character, you would rake it, and then you would turn it into a sprite shape?
4: I would have, like, an eight-sided polygon that had each frame of a walk animation on wow. it. And I would basically spin it for...
1: <laughs> wow.
4: Um, and, and I would have it go so fast that it looked kind of like a character walking, you know? I, I'm not going to pretend that this came out beautifully or that, you know, this was any kind of amazing achievement in life. Uh, Just that I used to do just weird experiments with it daily, you know, basically, uh, for a few years, especially in grad school and sort of my first couple of years working. It was just sort of something I I did for fun. Um, And I was teaching at Northeastern University. I was teaching interactive storytelling, and I was teaching classes with a little bit of, like, very light game design elements um, and I was making crappy little games sort of on the side again, I don't like you you keep saying I'm a developer i'm I'm kind of a hobbyist developer really just i I just make things for fun uh in my spare time, and I've only really just started sort of sharing them. I sort of tweeted about this earlier, but uh I was always just very embarrassed because I don't have a very strong sort of two d visual art background, so Ooh. when I make stuff, it's really rudimentary looking. You know, I sort of turned 30 this year, and I was like, you know, I, I just don't care anymore. Like, the only way I'm ever going to get better at this <laughs> is if I actually get, like, if people tell me how crappy my stuff looks. So I'm just going to, like, let it out. Like, I'll just participate in game jams and just put my stuff out there and, you know, keep working on things and do it in a more visible way.
2: I think that's awesome. It's like, fun. just speaking as, like, a journalist <laughs> who does other stuff for hobbies, sure. not game design. I do music, and I was always really embarrassed about it. But... I've been trying to be more open-minded about sharing it because it's so hard to do anything else in addition (laughs) to the plethora of other jobs that I do. And so even though you're like, oh, I'm just a hobbyist and you're really deflecting here, I understand that this is a passion for you. Because I follow you on Twitter. I know that it's important to you. You do screenwriting in your free time and you do game design in your free time, which is incredible. So don't sell yourself short on this. I think what you're doing is really admirable. (laughs) And and just because you do it in your free time, I don't know that that means it's not good. You know, it, it's, if anything, that makes it better because you're trying to fit it into your already busy schedule at Polygon. So I, I don't know. I think it's awesome.
0: I mean, we're doing this in our free time. You know? Yeah. I
2: know. This is yeah. another yeah. Yeah. This, this takes great, up a lot, lot of time every week. <laughs> yeah, this eats up like a whole yeah. hour. No, I'm just kidding. Steve does all the work, really. <laughs> Thanks, Steve.
1: I really
0: want to ask you about a dad joke game. As somebody yeah. whose hobby is trolling my children, <laughs> I really—I'm I'm very curious. You keep talking; I keep hearing you talk about this, and I really want—I'm very curious about how you make a game about dad jokes.
4: So it's—it's it's a little 2D adventure game, like point-and-click adventure game, basically, uh, where you go into the world of dad jokes. It was originally going to be a Ludum Dare thing—the the connections and worlds or whatever the theme was—but I only found out about it like a day before. Uh, the end of the Ludum Dare stuff. So I was like, oh, well, you know, cool. If I actually want to do this well, and, and well, not well, but, you know, if I want to do some justice to this, I need to spend a little bit more time on it. Uh, but you go into the world of dad jokes, and then just each each level is a discrete stage where there's several dads who are telling you jokes. There's puzzles in each stage. You have to, like, you know, find the right object, give the dad the right inspiration for the right joke, that sort of thing.
0: That's fantastic. That's <laughs>
3: great. Right. That that's, the that's game. like a really great idea for a game. I love that.
1: <laughs> I, I've noticed a lot of other developers have this trait, where like you can put together a quick two D game, and just for are just a smaller project. And yeah, you know, we're doing this with Cupcake Park Crisis, but Thanks. even even that smaller project feeds into you a know, greater project. Like, look at my first game I ever did, which was Revolution 60. It was, like, ridiculously big and cost, you know, half a million dollars. And nice, yeah. I just... It's like I have this vision in my head. And for me, I've been drawing, like, these awesome girls, like, since I was, like, you know, a child. Like, even before I was a teenager. And I just had to get it out there on, like, in a narrative way and in a, in a grand way. And I just... I don't know. It's like I've noticed this with my husband. He has this tendency where he can, uh, you know, he's a Hugo Award uh, winning painter, and you oh know, he'll God. he'll come up with, okay, I want to paint a revolutionary dinosaur on a tank that's on fire, <laughs> when, playing guitar as things are bombing in the background. And Frank is built in a way where he's like. I had an idea, and my idea is awesome, and I'm going to get out there. And the idea itself is enough to sustain him through a project. Yeah. For me, I there's just something about my psychology where it's like, okay, how is this going to feed into a greater mission? Is this worth my time? Is this going to be something <laughs> that's really going to stand? Like, is this? And I, I tend to work very slowly, but when I put something out, it's incredibly well-considered, and that's kind of why I've never been attracted to Unity personally, because mm-hmm. I think Unreal's, you know, matinee and now Blueprint, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing visual scripting system, I think it is, from what I can tell, it seems like it's a much more sophisticated tool for graphics and storytelling. And, yes, you know, storytelling is what Personally, is really the only thing I care about in games. So yeah, yeah. does does that make sense to you?
4: It totally does, and I've actually really been interested in Unreal. I have played around with it, you know, in a previous iteration a couple of years ago. It was probably God, UE three, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most likely. Yeah, you know, when they were first sort of uh, throwing out free indie licenses or like you know student licenses, the ability to just play with it. Um, because I was playing with a lot of stuff. Uh, when I was sort of deciding, so at Northeastern where I teach, we we already had Unity in all the labs. It was already going to be what I taught with. But I was always I always wanted to make sure like that was the right decision. So I I you know played around with a lot of other stuff too, just to kind of get a feel for it, right? Or to get a feel for whether or not you know some one engine would be you know a good jumping off point for another or or something along those lines. I mean, I actually taught once I, I actually taught a very low level design class with Little Big Planet
1: once. You know oh. just. Hmm. No, that's a great place to start. That's a great. place Yeah, it place was it was start. really fun.
4: It was for people who had no scripting uh, experience whatsoever. So it was really just this is just a design class. We're we're not even going to go into development. Really, here's just some design principles.
3: Can, can I ask you what was the difference between men to women in the class? I almost always have
4: way more men than women uh, in my in my game design classes, and they're fairly small classes. Like I typically my game design classes only have eight to ten students. Very very small. Uh, Is that because so, you
0: capped them there, or because of oh, because of enrollment?
4: No, actually, just we have a relatively small program. It's um okay. so Northeastern has a bigger undergrad program. I teach in the the graduate division of digital media, so it's just a smaller. program base of students, basically. And I've actually had classes canceled before because there were fewer than whatever our cap is at the bottom, you know, five or six or whatever it is. So occasionally that happens. But, you know, on the other end, it's great for me because that means I get to really get to know all my students. I get to get really excited about all their projects instead of just, okay, I need to grade 27 games (laughs) this weekend, you know, so... If I've got six or eight, I'm like, okay, this is great. Let's let's really do a deep dive into what you did here. So teaching is so much fun. I could like talk about this forever, but you want to talk about engines? Um, what I love about Unity. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: I'm the biggest nerd on the. Planet no, no, no. I think it's stuff. awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. because
4: I I'm super into it too. Honestly, what I love about Unity is how flexible it is. Honestly. Um, And I love that, like, now the 2D tools are pretty decent, and now the UI stuff is a lot better than it used to be. My god, I could could talk to you for days about how much I hate Unity's UI, like its previous UI, and I'm just learning the new stuff. Oh, god, it was so terrible. It's, like, really, really grognardy and annoying what
1: i don't understand about unity games in general is other than like say um oh god what was the really big ios game that came out this year it had the voice actress from uh mass Oh oh, oh, Republic. republic republic other than republic it seems like every unity game i look at and even republic had very minimal bone structure and the faces aren't really sophisticated and i don't know if that's like you running up against a limit of mesh influencing bones or like it looks like the renderer itself is less sophisticated or there are fewer maps you can get there like what is the reason that (laughs) i i don't understand why there's not generally a higher level of technical sophistication is there a limit with it like what's going on with that
4: I honestly think part of it has to do with the population that uses Unity. Hmm. To be
1: honest, like yeah. I, I
4: definitely think Unreal has always been the developers' developer tool. You know, like it's always been very much like Epic puts this out for hardcore, serious, you shipped three AAA games teams. You know right. what I mean? Like, and I know that's not ex- exactly the case anymore. It's just historically that has been more. And Unity started kind of going after like, here's our free license, here's our indie license. You know, anybody can make a game, start playing around in it, and it is a fairly... I would call it a moderate difficulty curve for using it. You know, for somebody who's literally never scripted, who's never written a line of code before, there is a bit of a difficulty curve. You do need to know, uh, you know, some scripting. You need to be able to dive in. But you can dive in, and you can stumble around, and you can make something that works within an hour of just playing with Unity. Uh, so I, I do think it has to do with that. I, just, I think perhaps... As time goes on, things will look a little bit more sophisticated. Things will look a little bit more, you know, graphically mature, as we were talking about earlier, right? I also don't know enough about Unreal right now to really give you an educated guess about, in terms of, like, just the pure technical power. I just Mm. know Unity really well,
1: you know? I mean, maybe it's because Unreal traditionally has been so expensive to get and work with Mm, that maybe there's just a higher budget that you have if you're going to be messing with it, so... All right, should we go on to what we're playing? We're- no, this, this podcast is going to be Titanic-like.
2: <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> pretty soon. Even the Titanic sh- sunk eventually. I don't yes. know that we should compare <laughs> ourselves <laughs> to the Titanic. All
0: right, so Danielle, I don't want to put you on the spot because I don't know if Brie prepped you or not. But no, if, okay. if you have something that you want to talk about that, you know, then...
4: Yeah, totally. So I played Road Redemption today, uh, which is a Steam Early Access game. It's very much like a modern version of Road Rash. You are on a motorcycle, you are going really fast, you are beating up other people on other motorcycles, you are trying to knock them off the road or knock them into cars, and uh, it's really, really fun. It's, uh, It's basically like, as if, you know, like I was saying, a Road Rash game came out this year, only it has everything you would expect from a game that comes out now. Like, it has good physics, it has decent animation... It has, like, XP, so you're always leveling up, and you're making your bike better, you're making, you know, your weapons better, things like that. And it has actually a lot of different sort of event modes, so there are, you know, sort of straight-up races, and then there are modes that are like, you know, kill these six guys within this amount of time, or, you know, kill three guys, but you can only use your kick, so you, you have to kick them into cars, things like that. It sounds like I'm a psychopath talking
1: about this. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it's like. But it's riding called a Road
4: Redemption. Yeah. It's by Dark Seas Games, and it is really, really fun in the sort of '90s arcade game sort of style.
1: Can you at least play as a girl in this game? Please tell me yes. Please tell me. I don't. As...
4: I don't think you can play as as a girl oh. in this game. I. It's it's super early still, so I'm I'm hoping there will be character customization. I couldn't even pick who I was. Like it's just like there's just model on bicycle. Like excuse me, motorcycle, not bicycle. That would be a very different <laughs> game.
2: <laughs> You're on a tricycle. You're just bopping around. You know. You're in a
4: Hot Wheels car. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. Little Hot Wheels.
1: Hmm.
4: Pow 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 pow. <laughs> Remember those? God, those yeah, those are great. I, yeah. I always
0: wanted one of those as a kid.
4: Oh, I had one, and I always used to fall. We had a hill in my backyard, and we used to, like, fall into the neighbor's yard, and mm-hmm. it, it was traumatic, actually. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, it was pretty fun. So this game is exactly like that experience. <laughs> it kind of.
1: <laughs> Did you punch people with weapons? Like, in your Power Wheel?
4: Oh, you know, that would have been my sister, and she probably would have died, so, uh, no... I didn't get to do it in my actual Power Wheel, but you know, now as as a grown woman, I can do it to imaginary people
0: on in the screen. A
2: virtual
4: world.
2: In now you virtual can have world. the fantasy you always wanted of driving. And,
0: into and the they waterfall. say video games don't inspire <laughs> violence.
2: Yeah. This podcast
0: no, of course got really dark. of course
4: not. You can just punch people virtually. You never need to take it into the real world. It has a dim view of the world. I was really kind of sour on sort of vehicular combat motorcycle games after I played the Abomination that is Cycle at the Xbox One's launch, which is infamously known as the most basically racist game that came out last year. So this at least uh, just kind of sidesteps all issues and is just a dumb 90s kind of action game basically
1: Hmm.
0: looks fun though i mean
1: as a woman that rides a you know sports bike it really upsets me that there are no motorcycle games you can play as a woman it's it's ridiculous so
4: i really hope that they put that in i mean like i'm hoping that this is early enough that they that they know that they need to like actually give you customization options yeah this
1: is early access make it happen or yeah. face the wrath of the angry Brianna tornado. Dark Seas
4: Games, if you're well, listening so you should, right Brie, now. you
0: should buy it and then give them that feedback, and maybe it'll get into the final version. Feedback. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Bri, what are you playing this week?
1: Oh, uh, Mass Effect 3 i i missed most of this week because i feel like crap and i'm still sick as anything and like the most of this week like laying on the couch that's when i play a bunch of mass effect so i uh saved the galaxy from the reapers uh steve as you know when i was starting my mass effect one playthrough (laughs) a few months ago i tried paragon yeah, I tried really, really hard to go through the whole game. For about fifteen Paragon, minutes, twenty, twenty minutes, and I'm like, <laughs> I just can't do this. So I went through the whole game again, and like, this is like my eighth playthrough of Mass Effect. And at this point, I know how to like, you know, game the Paragon and Renegade system, so I can actually make the choices of what Brianna would actually do if I were. Saving the galaxy from the Reapers. Like, who I'd let die and what I would do and still end up with a good result. So I go through Mass Effect. I've made this mistake, like, several times where Miranda has ended up dying because I missed this dialogue wheel choice because I've only played Mass Effect uh, three, about four times. I'm going (laughs) to save Miranda this time. She's going to be okay. And that's what I've been playing, and that's what I've been working on. Don't judge me. Miranda and her butt. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you're going to save her butt. <laughs> I like
1: Miranda. It really makes me frustrated. I like her too, but I do that, too. those those camera pans over her butt, though. Yeah. Just those Maybe. shots. I don't talk about my family much on this podcast, but you know, my dad was a naval officer, and there was very much a you've got to be perfect, you've got to be really, really good at everything, and it's strongly affected me as an adult, and I kind of... That aspect of her personality where she was kind of like, yeah, raised to be something. Yeah, she talks
2: about that. I think her characters are really well written, which is part of why it bugs me so much that for so many shots in that scene, it's like if a cameraman were in the room, he would be sitting on the ground, cross-legged right behind her. Trying yeah. to, trying to yeah. get an
4: upskirt, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously,
2: I don't know, But it's like a serious, there are these serious scenes with her, it, and I it's just, creepy. I think she's it actually a really creepy. compelling character. So it's kind of too bad that that's how she's shot in the game. I
1: do know, yeah. I was talking to, uh, anyway. I was talking to a friend of mine on Twitter tonight, and how frustrated I was. <laughs> you cannot romance Jack in that game like she's God, the I best know. character in that entire series and i I love everything about her like i love the anger and the ferocity and i love that she's hurt and i love this arc that she goes through where she becomes like you know spoiler uh you know she, she becomes a teacher for other biotics who yeah. you know it's a real like biotic is kind of this metaphor for gayness in the mass effect universe because she's it's like explicitly-
4: yeah She's explicitly bisexual too. Like, there's a dialogue choice where she says she's had relationships with men. she's had relationships with women. So it's right. like, why, why didn't you put that in? Like, it's already there. You know, like ah, oh, it, it really frustrates
1: me. I mean, I'd like, you know, I like Liara. Like, she's cool yeah. as a as a partner for the series. But I don't know. It's like, come on, Jack is so great. So that really frustrates me.
0: I didn't like Jack very much. But, really? You know, well, you know that that I. She kind of clashed with my personality a little bit. So. Really? it was a little too intense for me. But we're friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that seems like it wouldn't really work, but you, you two are in an unlikely friendship.
1: Much like Commander
2: Shepard and Jack. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. You guys are nothing like them.
0: <laughs> I'm not nearly as cool as Commander Shepard.
4: Can you dance as well
1: as Shepherd? I definitely cannot
0: dance as well as Commander Shepard.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not a good animation cycle. About
0: all I can do is pull off reading, doing ad reads about as well as he can, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. What What is your favorite store in the Citadel, Steve? Squarespace. Square
0: <laughs> yes. Square- nice. This is nice. Uh, Squarespace. Is my favorite store in the Citadel.
2: We should start um, doing that anyway. Whenever we next have a whenever have we an next have them as them. an
0: ad, we absolutely need to do that. So, what have you been playing, Maddie?
2: So these are this is sort of catch up because I haven't been playing a bunch of new stuff. But this is these are some games that I wanted to talk about last week. But I talked so much about Super Smash that I didn't have time. So there's this game jam called Ruin Jam that Kaylin Sandel did. There are a lot of really short little games associated with it that I really like. So and Carolyn Vanesselteen, which is uh, she works with Bree on Bree's team, did one. And I really liked hers. And Ariel Grimes did a game for it as well that I liked. And a lot of these are really short games, so I would think of them as like oh, Broken Folks. Yeah, Broken Me? Folks is Ariel yes. Grimes's game. Um, Carolyn Vanestina, I'll look oh, up the. What did she do? What did she game.
1: do? I bet it was very narrative in nature.
2: It was, and I loved it. Um, She's really um,
1: talented, by the way.
2: So anyway, she did one as well, and there are a lot of really cool little ones, and. I like them because sometimes I'm so busy that I feel like I don't have time to play anything. So I really like playing these short little 15 minute games. Like I'll be doing some work, doing some work, and then I'm, I take a break and they're like the perfect size. So if, if you go to itch.io slash jam slash Rune Jam 2014, there's like a million video games there that are all associated with Ruin Jam. And the reason why it's called Ruin Jam is because it's it's games made by people who are quote-unquote ruining video games. So yes. that's, that's the theme <laughs> of it. Also, I want to talk about this game that Danielle actually wrote about a little bit ago called Curtain. Oh, yeah. I don't I just really liked this game. It's by I talked about it in my boss and fig talk just randomly and then I actually played it cuz I felt like I should if I was going to mention it in my talk. Just cuz I was talking about games that had a really good social media virality, which that game definitely did. Uh, just a lot of people tweeting about it and I was like this is a good example of a game that did that right, which is what my talk was about. It was like going viral and the experience of that basically and um so i played the game too but i didn't talk about it in the talk and but this game is it is an extremely depressing game about (laughs) an abusive relationship and um like having experienced some of that myself like playing it was very difficult but
3: that's like a trigger warning eh
2: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. If you've been in an abusive relationship, I I mean, you might not be up for this game, but if you feel up to it, I feel like this is probably the only game I've ever played that even comes close to navigating that topic in a way that feels realistic, even though the game itself is extremely unrealistic in terms of visual style. Like, it's almost hard to look at it because it's so dizzying. So it's a 3D game, and you walk around an apartment... But it's really hard to look at anything because it's just animated in a way that will make you feel physically sick. So I felt sick playing this game, which I think is the intent of it. And it's almost like a horror game in some yeah. ways. because, And I think that's intentional and I really think it's effective for the subject matter. So I, I liked it a lot, even though it made me feel terrible. I realize that's weird to say, but I really liked it just because the way that it was framed, it was like you go through different days of your life in in this relationship, different things happen on each day, and you don't really know how to escape, and you keep being like, all right, can I leave the relationship yet? Am I able to leave yet? What do I click on in order to leave? And even the end of the game... Like I hate it when, when games about this kind of thing, like not that there are very many, but or movies or whatever, the end of the relationship is presented as like this extreme positive thing too, where like, oh, you finally have escaped the abusive relationship. Now everything in your life is great. That yeah. doesn't happen in this game either, which mm-hmm. is like fascinating to me because that's realistic. Like it actually takes you an extremely long time to recover. So I I really like the idea of doing sort of a survival horror version of that but it's just about your own emotional state and there are no figures in the game like there's no people to talk to you're just walking around it's
4: it's weird anyway <laughs> yeah it's it's really god it's just phenomenal i i played this game and i uh you know i saw somebody tweeting about it and they were like wow i don't i don't know if i can handle this game it sounds super intense and i was like oh, yeah okay cool um and it's specifically about like a uh, a queer couple yeah Um, And, like, it, so I had a really similar experience when I was super young. I was in an abusive relationship with a woman. It was, like, my first relationship with a woman. So it was, like, super, super intense. And playing this game was just like, oh, my God. Like, yep, there we go. Like, this is just intense but, like, really cathartic. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. What I really love about it from a design standpoint is that it's happening in real time. You're not just sort of examining things and the story has already happened. You're actually uh experiencing it in real time so you look at an object or you examine an object and it's as if Casey who is sort of the abusive partner in the relationship she's talking to you she's actually saying something to you you -hmm. know in in you know quote-unquote real time like
2: yeah yeah like you pick up an object and she'll be like why are you picking that up right now why are you looking at that and like she'll be angry at you and I, it's it's like there's this constant frenetic energy throughout everything that you do in the game and
4: every action that you take, it's really intense. but Yeah, and, and like you go into the shower and you're actually in the shower and she's yelling mm-hmm. at you while you're in the shower and like wow. that's sort of a passage that goes to the other section of the game and the creator's name yeah. is Laura Dreamfeel and she I, I talked to her a little bit when I wrote about the game and she just was like, yeah, like I I feel like she'd started making the game about sort of friends, and then it ended up being more about sort of like a real-life situation she was in. She was just like, it just felt right, the way this sort of morphed together with the aesthetics being like kind of broken and and glitchy and like bright and like sickly a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just thought it was super brilliant. She is like a brilliant person and writer and like, man, this game really threw me for a loop in the best possible way. Like, You know, again, all this stuff has been going on that you all know about, obviously. Yeah. Uh, And so when people create something like this, I'm just like, yep this makes me want to write about this stuff and do this stuff. Like, here exactly. we go. This and is, like, it, this is you know. such
2: an unusual, like indie game that yeah. would never be funded by like a major studio. Oh God. It's exactly. like so, so unusual and so great that it exists. Like I, I really am glad it exists and that I got to play it. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to give it a shout out, I guess. Oh, yeah. And I'm really glad you wrote about it, too, Danielle. Oh. I, I would have seen it anyway because so many people were tweeting about this game when it came out. But just the same, I, I hope that people still check it out in case they don't follow all the same people I follow. <laughs> yeah, this game is freaky, though. <laughs>
3: like,
4: huge, huge warn trigger warning. Seriously. It's, like Yeah, it's It'll
3: hard for me to you play out. those kind of games just because I usually, just like Brie does when she's taking a look at, like, you know, how a game is created. It can bother her if it's not done properly. You know, depending on the way that the game is handled, and then because I'm a psychotherapist in my, I was gonna say in my real life. (laughs) Yeah. uh.
0: Thanks, Georgia. (laughs) Not here
3: on the show where nothing is real. Nothing's real and
0: nothing matters. This is too
3: much fun to be real. Yeah, I can. I can be like, I'm. I'm working while I'm playing a game like that. Yeah, like you would I'm be.
2: You would be playing this, and
3: you'd be like, I want to help this. Board. Yeah, this is really what she should be. And it might not be able to actually get into the game and enjoy it for what the game is. I think this is a tough play
2: anyway, and I right. think its purpose is more like cathartic for people who have had a similar experience. Right. And For that, yeah. I think it's very which can be good. helpful.
3: They've they've actually found that video games can help people get out over post-traumatic stress by reliving a situation that caused them an old stress but then giving them a different outcome to it where they had more control Mm -hmm. and you can do that through like art therapy you can do it through like you know drama and you can do that through games and they found some really nice success and so it's always interesting though for for people that it uh, you know again it might be more of a trigger warning than cathartic depending on what level of trauma you went through so I would always I you know I would probably not just say for anyone to see a game like that before i really knew what they were getting into but it's it's a really interesting idea oh. This can help people too cool.
0: hey maddie carolyn's game is it called this is a real thing that happened yes okay
2: that's okay carolyn vanesselteen's game is called this is a real thing that happened and that one is another good one but there are so many cool games in the <laughs> jam just anything they carolyn really plays
0: you should go Check yeah, anything. Carolyn
2: yeah. is a delight and you should play all of her games, including Revolution 60. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, available at an app store near you. <laughs> so Georgia, what are you playing right now?
3: Okay, well this is kind of funny, Steve. I'm talking to you. Okay. So um I got I got my um my new iPhone, so I have the the uh 5.5 uh, Apple iPhone 6 Plus. It's got like you know the 5.5 inch display, LED backlit. It's got like uh, 1920 by 1080 pixel resolution, uh, 401 PPI. And <laughs> and here I am playing Desert Golfing. Another on victim. It. Yes. And I'm like I'm like playing it. I'm like there's there's something completely wrong about what's happening right now like i should be playing something that's gonna actually utilize anything uh, that i'm using but no i'm playing you know desert golfing again.
0: yeah
1: so i judge Steve. you no my my <laughs>
0: wife was totally making fun of me as soon as i got my iphone 6 she's like really you got really? your iphone and that's what you're doing yeah. with it
2: she's yeah. she's right she's right what levels I, are you both at
0: i just i just broke a thousand so i got my score posted to game center and it, it is not Whoa. flattering at all. A thousand? <laughs> is that sad?
1: Is there
3: like two cactuses at a thousand?
0: <laughs> no, I've only seen the cactus in the rock, and that's been it. No. And there hasn't been anything <sighs> since the rock.
3: Nothing. Nothing from 300 to a thousand. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, no, 550, I think, is when the rock shows up. Spoiler alert. Yeah. i'm, 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 I'm <laughs> saying spoiler alert <laughs> for desert golfing which is yes, the best spoilers. thing ever spoilers. Spoilers.
3: i do totally understand that feeling of seeing the cactus though which is so sad That <laughs> i'm like yeah. oh, there's something on the Oh, geez.
0: i've had people cursing at me on twitter about this game which has been like the joy of this week has been like people posting twi- posting pictures at me like i can't beat this hole and i hate you and it's like yes thank you i'm, I'm very happy right.
3: now right Wow. Well, Peter Kirkner from the the chat room says that I'm past whole uh, 1700s. Oh, wow. You know, (laughs) there might be, I don't know if he's going to tell us if there's like another cactus or maybe there's a a, a plant or something that's like, well, another plant, sorry. A different type of plant. I do know that please don't tweet out that a cactus is a plant. I know. Maybe there's a (laughs) falcon. Oh, I would love it if there's a falcon. That's it. I'm all there. I, I'm disappointed so in both
1: funny. of you as gamers. <laughs> I
3: Are you booting us from the podcast? You're both fake gamers.
2: That's
1: that's Only why gamers. we have Danielle here this here. week is just have a yeah. backup, you know, Steve or Jordan. Right, right, I play right. games
4: where people, you know, are on motorcycles and
0: right. run yeah. into cars. Right. There's yeah. actually and, and like and we're, we're playing rendering. Angry Birds with a golf ball. I'm yeah. gonna
1: put both of you guys on on fake gamer probation, <laughs> and I wanna see I want to see you Gears of Warring or Call of duty Hey, or,
0: I was playing Desert Golf as a reaction to having to sit through Destiny. So
1: that's that's okay. my excuse. Okay. I, I don't that's... buy your excuse. I don't accept your excuse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Steve, are you playing anything besides Desert Yeah. Golfing? Yes, I,
0: I am. So I – well, I haven't been able to play anything on the PS4 because of pneumonia, and I haven't been able to get on the bike and, and play video games while I've been riding the bike. So – I went through after we were talking about game of the year last week. I kind of went through and started making my list of things that I wanted to get back and play. So I started I picked back up the Banner Saga. Oh nice. Yeah. So awesome. I I really I really really like that game. I I have I put it down cuz it takes too much mental energy and I'm like drained at the end of the day. Sure. But I really I really like that it's it's like almost like a cross between the Oregon Trail and Final Fantasy Tactics. And with, it's, you know, Vikings,
1: yeah, with Vikings,
0: <laughs> yeah, with Vikings and giants with horns and, and stuff like that. And it's like, I just picked it up. And, I'm, and it's like, I've, it's been like six months. So I'm kind of trying to remember how to play it again. And now all my guys are dying. And I think, I'm not sure if it's permadeath or not with them. I like it's I've only been playing like a couple of rounds this week. I think it actually
4: is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is not good to be picking it up after six months and then just start figuring out the game mechanics again. I, pro- <laughs> I probably should start fresh. But but I I really do like like the art style. I I, I know, Bree, you don't like the art style in it at all. But I really I like the art style speaks to me. <laughs> and the music is the music is is fantastic. Austin in Wintery does the music.
1: The art is unacceptable and the music (laughs) is unacceptable. Wait,
0: really? You don't like the music even? Nope. Oh Oh my God. God. Oh,
4: I was going to say, there's actually some cool gender stuff in Banner Saga in the story. Like there's actually, they actually have some decent conversations, like intelligent, decent conversations about gender. Uh, and I, I won't spoil anything, but there is sort of like a, uh, a gender based thing that happens in the game. That's actually really fascinating. And, uh, kind of cool that they went there so is
1: it is it like someone sitting around going i think women should own property in the middle ages <laughs> and <then that's> like... <laughs> why are
3: you wearing shoes
4: it's a little it's a little more nuanced than that it's a little well, better only barely a little better women should
3: own property and be allowed <laughs> to decide
2: who they marry no, i'm just kidding i'm sure it's great He's a so
0: radical. Though they did, they did pull the daddy card at one point in the game, which I wasn't too thrilled about. Like, yeah, there's, there's
1: the daddy card. What's the daddy card?
0: One of the playable characters is the other character's daughter, so she's like an archer. I think they're both archers.
4: They are both archers.
0: Yeah. yeah and there's at one point, I mean, I'm probably spoiling stuff, but whatever. There's there's one point where you're about to like rush into a battle, and it kind of gives you it throws up this this dialogue choice. Well. You know you're putting your daughter in danger by taking her into this battle, are you sure you want to do that? so of course, I check in and out, but so <laughs> i wasn't I wasn't really super thrilled about that, and they throw in that whole protecting thing but
1: i and yeah. I don't like it
0: when when games play the
1: daddy card, but you know that's i don't I don't different. understand what the daddy card is though Yeah, Steve,
2: why didn't you send your daughter into battle? I don't understand what's wrong with you Wait, Wait, because, because you're her? a
1: patriarch that has to control her decisions is that oh my well, God well no i well I was.
0: <laughs> Making my own decision and knowing that she was going to follow. Oh. And Wait. then – and so it's it's kind of putting
2: <laughs> – That's not better. I yeah.
0: guess – so it's, so it's putting, you know, it's kind of putting that whole, like, protector thing on me. I, I like, as opposed just to saying,
2: are you sure you want to send her into battle right now? It says, are you sure you want to send your daughter into battle? Yes, like, exactly. It's
0: specifically, it, specifically
2: it specifically calls that out. It specifically is trying to out. guilt you into yes. feeling like she can't handle
0: it. Exactly. The,
1: the daddy card is... This is a trope that happens a lot in games.
0: Yeah, this is the same thing, like, Bioshock Infinite and, and you know, last, last of, of Us. us and- where there's either... Uh, specifically a daughter or a daughter-like figure that you're intended to protect and it's and it's built to play on that feeling of having to protect a female who's younger than you
2: but i think that capitalizes on the assumption that the player will feel a paternal urge which only really works if you're Steve and you're a dad or if you're some (laughs) Other guy and you're a dad but if you don't Automatically feel that paternal urge then you play These games like if you're me and You play these games you're like oh this is Weird because you like identify more with The daughter character
0: yeah Yeah so I noticed that I actually was Just in a scene that I played last night and I'm like oh Really do we have to go there like
4: (laughs) I would encourage You to keep playing it does do some uh Some things with that that's actually Part of uh I can't Say it without spoiling it so uh I will just say that it does it does some interesting stuff. It does some interesting things. I
0: do want to finish it and hope maybe we can talk about it after after I finish it cuz I would because cool. I'm definitely like getting back into it now and it's like I'm in a spot now where I can kind of focus on it and kind of power through it. And I do like I do like the gameplay. It's got enough tactical stuff and I do like kind of the Oregon Trail kind of yeah. that moves the story along and it's got some interesting things where you earn renown which is kind of all, both experience and currency so you can kind of use it you can use it to upgrade your characters or you can use it to buy supplies so that your whole your whole army makes it to the next area so there's a lot of interesting decision making there so it's got a lot of nuance I, I like it a lot
1: so
4: yeah, it's a cool
0: game but I know it offends pre Sensibility so
1: <laughs> no it, it, it doesn't offend me like there are all kinds of games that I go I just don't want to play that okay that sounds fair. So, Danielle, where, where can people
0: find more about your work and, and all the stuff that you do?
4: Well, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm Danielle L E R I. D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-R-I, just in case you don't know how to spell Danielle R.I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can also find me at Polygon, just Polygon.com. I usually write a few things per day, mostly about ladies and movies and indie games and all sorts of good stuff.
0: As far as the, the show's business is concerned, you can find the show notes for the show and every show at 5by5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send your email, feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, make sure to go rate and review us on iTunes. It's, it helps us out. A lot, and we've been getting a lot of great feedback, and we love the reviews that you guys leave, and we we read every single one of them. So we really, really appreciate that.
1: Unless they're one star, then we don't read them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or unless or unless they're written by Bree, but you know that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> right, right.
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, of course, you can always go follow the show on Twitter at Isometric Show, and you can follow all of us individually. I am at Wicked Good Bree. Where can people find you?
1: Rehab. is that your new twitter account you started another one this
0: week
3: is that (laughs) she's at panda rehab Rehab. Rehab.
1: that's her next game from
3: cuteness
1: just look for a controversy on the internet i'm there i'm there (laughs) uh or you can find me on twitter which is non-controversial at space cat gal with a k
0: and maddie where can people find you
2: i'm at samus
3: clone on twitter in georgia You can find me, I do Vector, and then also, which is another podcast, and um, then, of course, on Twitter,
0: at Georgia underscore. So thank you very much, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one.